Mondays. It's Great Mondays Radio. I'm Josh Levine, your host, founder of Great Mondays. We help executives from hypergrowth technology and social enterprise organizations build cultures that attract, engage, and retain top talent. If you'd like to be a guest on our program, hang out for about 20 minutes and I'll tell you how. Welcome back to Great Mondays Radio. Rob Catalano is our guest today, the amazing, uh, incredible uh, Canadian boy genius. Um, he is the chief engagement officer at Work Tango and has been in, around, and thinking deeply about company culture for, it feels like, decades. And uh, I wanted to bring you in today to talk about the evolution of the employee experience you are looking at and you have seen um, in your career. I feel like we have a, an opportunity here because you've you've been paying attention for a long time. So you can draw some trend lines and you're identifying that there needs to be a serious reconsideration. And uh, some folks are already doing it about what that employee experience could look like. Rob, thanks for coming on the program. Thank you so much for having me. I have been introduced many times, but nothing quite like that. So, so thanks. And uh, I, I'm laughing because the moment you said, Rob, you know, thinks about and cares about culture, I'm looking at the video and my shirt says the word culture on it, just a blank white shirt that says culture. And uh, that was not planned, but uh, that wasn't planned. I thought you, I, I didn't mention it because I just figured you would, you know, that was the point. All right. Well, we'll see if we can get some culture, culture gear that says culture on it. Um, so Rob, you're in Toronto. You run a um, uh, a software startup that is in the culture space. Can we quickly just start with kind of that your your journey to where you are today? Yeah. So uh, actually, I'll tell you a little more at the beginning of that journey because I think it's really fitting. But um, I've been in HR technology for the last twenty years. But where it started is I was actually a marketer by trade. That's what I went to school for. That's what I learned. I worked at a marketing agency in my last year's university. I graduated and this cool agency would take me to all these companies and I would sit in their offices once yep. a week. And I look around and I'm like, these people are miserable at work. Like, this is what I'm going to do for the next 40 years is like, hate my <laughs> job. So I, it was actually the, the defining moment for me where I looked around and said, one, I studied all these things on consumer behavior and why, you know, why do people buy and tie themselves to a brand? And I thought to myself, I'm like, well, who cares? Like, why do these people come to work and give more discretionary effort? The second part is we spend so much time in marketing, thinking about data and ROI. And the reality is the biggest cost in a company are people. Why aren't we using more data from that perspective? So the reason why I tell you that story is I immediately quit. Uh, I found a job in HR tech that was a little more purposeful. It's actually a company called Achievers, early, early stage, maybe, you know, yeah. four employees. Spent 10 years growing that organization. It took me, you know, other places outside of Canada, which is which is cool. But um, I, I moved back to Toronto in 2015, started a company called Work Tango. And effectively, it's employee experience software that helps, uh, you know, listen to your employees to understand they have a voice and, and how to act to build a better experience. Second is reward and recognize the the wonderful behaviors and values you want to see more in your organization. And also what I call, you know, goals and feedback, modern performance management, where it's not about setting goals, but frequent conversations and enabling leaders uh, to, to have better discussions and, and enablement of their team. So um, it, it's more holistically an employee experience, but something that I'm just passionate about and dedicated literally, you know, two decades of my life to. 
Yeah. So let's start with um, some of the observations that you've been making, which I think are very astute and very informative. Um, we are in a, a once in a generation moment where we are seeing how work is changing, right? At a very rapid pace. And we can look back and say, oh my gosh, these like these key moments have occurred. This is what's informed where we are and where we're headed. Um, and I think we all know anybody that's listening to this probably has experienced that and understand that a lot of organizations invested pretty heavily into um, what we might say the kind of employee experience or investing in the people. Let's just call it that. And but you you're seeing a reversal of that and and which which is kind of scary maybe or depressing or or sad like we made all this progress but now where are we that's exactly it right now it's unfortunate that defining change happens when negative things come about and we're you forced think, we're right forced, right yeah like, Three years ago, we were, you know, there was COVID, there was, you know, George Floyd, um, there was employee wellness being in, impacted in ways, you know, differently than ever before. And companies really, you know, were forced to focus on building more inclusive workplaces to better the employee experience and, and focus on the people. They were forced to build policies around, you know, remote work and building a better experience and a new experience from that perspective. How do we focus on people's wellness? Like, Everyone went from physical wellness to all the other elements of, of wellness that uh, finally, 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 right? Let's finally. Think about like working out and what you eat, right? So that's yeah. great. That's huge, right? That was a big moment. Yeah, right. Mental wellness, financial wellness, you name it, and uh, and even even to the point of you know people are going through a lot of change. Let's think about change management and empathy. And again, people were just investing on that better people experience. Again, there were people before they were employees. But it's interesting that you look three years later, and and I get the wonderful pleasure of you know, not just working with you know my organization and you know, hundreds of customers, but just speaking to a lot of HR leaders out there. And I'm hearing a lot of, well, we have to divest in what we started. You know, there's pressures on the companies uh, economically that are saying, well, we have to cut costs, and people are focusing less on their DE&I priorities, right? There was actually a study I just read that three years ago, it was number two on the HR leader priority. It's number seven right now. Oh They're investing in a wellness perspective and it's God. just happening. And if you really want to build a sustainable employee experience, this can't be flavor of the month, right? This has to be intentional and strategic. Right. So we have um, uh, calls from boards or from executives, cut costs managers, we need to look for all the ways to cut costs. And so these almost like a, a FIFO, first in, first out, right? <laughs> like you're, you, so maybe you do a layoff, maybe you, you know, you probably have, right? Like that's a huge expense. You're going to have done at least one rounds of one round of layoff, uh, layoffs. So everybody's working harder, trying to get the same stuff done, right? More with less, everybody, more with less. And Let's look for programs to cut. And guess what? Those ones that we survived with before, quote unquote, survived with without before are now getting chopped, right? So the, these employee experience programs or DEI programs, all of these things are now faced like with the difficult reality 
that that like we well business is you know slowing down we need to get out somewhere how do you make the case rob like what what have you seen that would i mean it's it's such a hard fact of business you got to look for ways to cut costs these programs are can be perceived as extracurricular what i mean what why not? Why, why, why should I keep spending money as a leader? Let's say, why should I keep spending money on these programs? Yeah. I mean, to your point, it's an unfortunate reality and some companies have to go down those roads for the sustainability of the business. And, and I get it, right. It's, it's, you know, I've unfortunately have to go through that process as well. And it's somewhere that you never want to be. That being said though, when you actually start thinking about Everything that matters in your company, which are the outputs, right? Profitability, shareholder value, name it, right? However you define success. And what, what drives that is customer happiness and success. Those are outputs, right? You can't change those tomorrow, but what you can change are the employee inputs, right? The, the services they provide, the products they build. And I think just that philosophical focus on people is really important. Now, I tell you that in this philosophical ideal world where <laughs> right. you're like, well, tell me about ROI. Like, stop it. What are you talking about? But you know all the data exists out there that when you do have higher levels of engagement and experience, what that does to you know retention and other not only HR metrics but some of the metrics I talked about earlier. There's data out there on how DEI supports higher innovation levels, higher you know um, profitability in organizations. So the ROI is there. Yet we are removing those budgets and those focuses and those programs. Now to flip flop, the last thing I'll say on this is the. I talked about the philosophical ideal. I talked about ROI, but when companies really lean into what matters in their company, when they think about their corporate values or what they stand for, I find making the business case to say, is we really care about this. We've identified this as a huge priority in our company. We put it on our walls. We put it on our website. And now we're going to divest the time and effort to do the right thing. Um, sometimes it's not just about the ROI. Sometimes it's the right thing to build better experiences for your people. And that's another way to lean into uh, the ROI or the, the business case internally for why we yeah. should be doing some of these things. Uh, when I'm listening to you talk, I feel like this is a um, short-term, long-term conversation. This, co this conversation that's happening is uh, what you and I have talked a lot about is this these outputs affecting these outputs. And in order to do that, we need to invest in employees. And theoretically, philosophically, no one's going to argue that. And that is a not an immediate, you can't dial this up and then boop, profits go up, right? It's like it goes through a system, but it will, it will happen. It just has to be consistent and it has to have a longer timeline. What the cuts that are being made are done because of short-term drivers. And maybe you might even say short-term thinking. And so when I'm thinking about and trying to consider this, it's like, whoa, yes, absolutely understand that there are, you know, profitabilities down and we need to think about this. And that's that's fine. It's all part of capitalism running a business. But let's not, we don't, we can't ignore it, but you need to at least understand that it's going to impact what's happening down the road. And you have to understand that at least, I'm not saying ignore short term, but long term, zoom out and be able to consider both of those, at least both of those outputs. Because 
you're going to be around in five years. You want to set yourself up for success. And it's really about endurance and not a sprint. It, honestly, when you say that, the, the most public documented business case that I can think of came from good to great, where you took a look at all companies and in different industries. You've invested $1 one day in some of these companies, what you would see as a return. And the one company that really stood out on there was Southwest Airlines that said, listen, we're going to focus on our people, right? The whole heart on their plane is about people first and then customers and then shareholders. They, they turn the, the whole equation upside down. And what's funny is if you think of the airline industry, um, Richard Branson said, if you want to be a millionaire, be a billionaire first and then buy an airline, right? They're notoriously <laughs> known for losing money, right? And that's true. Right. But yeah. they have sustained through everything that's been going on pretty profitable um, worlds, obviously decades ago, but still moving towards success. And that was a fundamental hard decision and hard times to focus on the people. Now, again, all of our customers or companies have ups and downs, but you're right. Like it has to be this value set that we're going to do what we can for our people. And that again, is not just the budget lines, but just how we treat folks and, and how we build our policies as well. I feel like we need to start uh, taking the advice of our money managers, right? Where they're like, don't panic, right? Like there's gonna be like, you know, the stock market's falling, do not sell, do not panic, right? We're in this for the long haul, you're gonna benefit over time. And you, you maybe we need to have more of that mindset. All right, so we talked about what has occurred, where we are now. I wanna know in your, what you're experiencing, what you're seeing, the, the evolution of the employee experience. So we've got probably most of the people listening. I don't need to convince about the short versus long-term benefits, right? We already got those people. We know, we know they're on board. So when we're thinking about what the employee experience, like how should we redefine the employee experience? Like what are we thinking about when you're when when you are starting to see how these programs are evolving, what's working, where is this headed? Because I think that would be really valuable to be like, oh, in the future, this is how we would define or execute on, you know, a really fabulous employee experience in order to drive those outputs. Yeah. So a couple of pillars um, that I think about, but I also see in action with uh, with companies I get the pleasure to work with. Um, I'll share now. One is is really around purpose and values in an organization. What I mean by that is actually, I'll tell a story. So, you know, back at Tango, we're starting up, we have no employees, no customers, but the one thing we did have is what we called our passion statement. Uh, we don't want a mission because missions end. We wanted a lifelong passion to improve work lives. And work was in parentheses because you spend a lot of your waking time at work, right? So if you can make that better, that'll make your life better. And the idea around that is when we're making hiring decisions, we want people's eyes to light up for that purpose and passion. When we are working with our customers, we wanna improve their work lives. So when we think about having something to hang our hat on that is beyond shareholder value and success profitable, you know, profitably, that's something I think companies have, but they forget to lean in on in terms of how critical that is to the employee experience. People don't wanna work for your business, they wanna work with your, with your business for a better purpose and especially gen z my gosh like they care about this stuff like more yeah. than gen x and more than you know my yeah. generation they yeah. care so a lot of companies are, are reinvigorating and re-emphasizing how important that is um and again it can't just be a statement on your wall or a statement on the website 
Now, that's one pillar. That's having that and believing that and infusing that in what you do is really critical. But the mm-hmm. second part is, well, how do you infuse it? And companies are investing time and effort in making that a reality. When I call it a reality there, you know, things like recognition and rewards, recognizing key values and behaviors you want to see more of to amplify those. Um, you know, I'm not blowing smoke uh, your way, but I think, you know, your book, when you talk about rituals and cues, like, how do you build that into the fabric of your company? You have a weekly meeting, bring up the recognition of the values. And when people live those um, those passion statements or those mission statements, because guess what? People will remember stories more than remember what you wrote on that website. Um, how do you, not just performance management of your leaders based on profitability of their teams, but what are the employees saying about how they live the values in the organization? So infusing this in, again, some of this doesn't even take a lot of budget, but it takes intentional focus on bringing this to life. And when you do that, then employees are part of something bigger. And that is a big part of that experience. Um, the last pillar I'll talk about it. It's what I call defining moments. Like mm-hmm. employee experience is a big, meaty, scary thing. It's like, how are we going to build employee experience? Um, but a lot of data out there and, and you know research shows that when you have an experience, you can't remember every part of that experience, every part of that job, every day, every moment. But there's defining moments that actually define the perception of what that experience is. So companies are leaning into those beginning and end moments when someone gets promoted their first day, you know, a, a milestone. And, and they're just leaning in to make sure that when people reflect on their time and say, do we really want to leave this place? Or do I want to give my all? They're remembering, remembering these wonderful moments that, um, that are going to stand out because, you know, success isn't linear. There's always going to be challenges and hills to climb. But people remember those moments. So there's kind of a three pillars. One is let's have a base of the purpose and values. Two, let's build that into our culture day in, day day out. But three, how do you have a framework to have these defining moments that are really critical um, to, to build as part of your culture? So let's talk more. Let's dive into the defining moments. What makes a good defining moment? Like what does success look like when you think about a defining moment? And do you have some examples of how that might uh, show up. Yeah. So I'll I'll tell a personal story because I think it'll really resonate with, you know, uh, an individual, but I'll translate that to examples of what I see in the workplace. But I always tell the story. I I was just on vacation and you meet people, right? Me and my wife and they ask me like, Hey, like, you know, we're like, are you, how long have you been together? We're like, Oh, we're actually on our honeymoon. It was like, Oh, great. Like, how was the wedding? It was like, it was amazing. We loved it. The experience was awesome. It was an outdoor wedding. There were fireworks. Our friends and family were there. And we're like, it was awesome. And now we're on our honeymoon. And when I tell that story, that's the same story I tell everyone else. But when I actually dig deeper into all the moments of that experience, guess what? We had a date. It got changed by COVID three times. Our venue said they weren't going to do it. We're like, okay, well, instead of 200 people, Let's do 30 at a location. Our, our tables had to be really far apart because of COVID. We couldn't have anything. We got married and then it was like, well, you can't travel. So we're going to do our honeymoon a year and a half later. And the reality is there's always going to be these hard moments that happen. But the defining right. moments are things I remember and, and the experience that I talk about. Yeah. Workplace. Think about something like a promotion. What do you do when you promote your employee? You announce it at all hands and you send a note to them on your recognition platform or an anniversary. I've seen some companies say, okay, we're going to have ELT or the executive team write a handwritten note to define a big thankful component of what they did or what they accomplished. 
Oh my let's gosh. Send, let's not send some, you know, wine bottle to that individual. Let's send a package to their family because they're a big part of having that person here for 10 years. Let's not just announce it at all hands. Let's create a love bomb on Slack where every single person shares a memory of that person and what they've accomplished. And this is just one very small tactical thing, but you're, that's a big defining moment in someone's life. And when you just treat it like a marketing email that you just blasted to all of your, all of your prospects, it doesn't make people feel special. So I hope that resonates and, and happy to give more. Yeah. Those are two just ideas there on building wonderful, memorable employee experiences. How, how, I mean, okay. Yes. It would be harder to get your leadership team to write handwrite a note and continue to handwrite notes for people. But it's not that much harder. And right? it costs nothing. Nothing. It doesn't cost anything. Yeah, exactly. So it makes me think of the analog. So I was um uh I had an advertising executive come in and teach uh, a guest lecture at one of my my classes that I taught. So I used to teach brand strategy. And um he said one of the projects that they the company was hired to do was to work f- uh, with Audi dealerships and help them improve that buying experience. And the key moment, the defining moment that they identified was that there was no, like the handoff of this car is now yours. There was nothing to it, right? It was just sort of like, oh, okay, I guess I've bought this car now. And so what they did is they created the key ceremony. And so they put the key, they, they basically had the dealer come out and they have a special box that they designed. <laughs> I love it. Right. And they're like, here it is, you know, and you're like, oh my God, this is the moment, right? Like how brilliant is that to be able to just like, now you're like, well, what is everybody... That's incredible. Now I'm an Audi owner and I've got this moment and I, I bought this new car. Did you, oh my God, that's your new car. He's like, yeah, you can't believe it. They gave, they brought me this incredible box and it had the key in it. Like how crazy is that? Right. And it looks like a piece of jewelry or whatever. Right. So that is a wonderful, this, you've got the customer experience, right. And you can map the customer experience. How do you improve it? The employee experience. So what are the key moments that you can dial into? Can you do everything at once? No. But you need to define and think about what are the moments that are going to make a difference in this person's experience at work. And even better, if it can align with that culture that you've been working on. Yeah, I always talk about like one, define what those moments are. Like, is it your first day? Is it the moment you get promoted, the new car, whatever it is? Once you get that, then you talk about, well, how do we blow it up? Like, how do we... How do we make it bigger than life? And maybe it is the key ceremony. The, the, the third major pillar, though, is how do you make it you, right? So if I how think do about- you make it you? I don't want to lose that. Okay. Yeah. So how do you make it your culture? So, you know, at Work Tango, we have really specific values, right? 1% better, work together, tango together. So when we're providing these levels of recognition or moments, we're tying it something that, that means something to us. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it, you know, there's different elements of how you make it memorable that ties it back to the brand because the reality is is every time i talk about employee experience people are like well people are just going to leave anyways the average tenure of employees are <laughs> dead. and it's like you know what those people will provide uh, you know feedback on glass door of their experience they will refer people to work there it, you have to think of these people as lifeline customers um at the end of the day yeah 
um <laughs> you got to make your bed in the morning even if you're going to get in and mess it up at night. <laughs> um yeah that's great so so the one that i think of and and the in the like <clears throat> so the uh additional reality of where we are today is the distributed world and it's harder to make that experience that create those defining moments if you're not together however I would argue that it's an opportunity. Um, and you have probably seen, along with a lot of other folks, um, the when someone gets well, like starts on their first day, um, it used to be you come into the office and if you did it well, you would have your desk set up with the computer and then a bunch of swag, employee yep. swag, right? So that's great. That's a perfect moment. There's no reason that you, every company has swag. Go dig in the closet and just make that happen, right? So that's one. Two, you can do that at home. Send them, design a box and send them this experience. Like open it up, welcome, do this thing. Like make them excited because that first week is really unsettling, as excited as they may be. So I think that that first touch is gonna be really, really important. I'm laughing because I was talking to one of my colleagues, Tori, she started a couple of months ago and I asked her about her first experiences and were there any moments she remembers? And she's like, hey, it's great to get the laptop and the swag. She's like, but you asked me in my one of my first interviews what my favorite candy was. And there were a bunch of those in there as well. Yes. Like, expected. And it's candy. It costs five bucks. But again, the experience of that, just little nuances. is The really value is that you asked. And then yeah. you listened, right? Oh, they saw me. They heard me. So collect that information, I guess, is what I'm learning, right? Like whenever you have the opportunity, if you're you're keeping files on this person, it's not just like keep a file on this person as a negative connotation. It's like, what's their favorite candy? When is their birthday? What's the anniversary? What are the moments that you have this opportunity to, to actually dig into? I think this is incredibly powerful. It, think about it as a consumer. We're all consumers, right? And when yep. you get that marketing email that says, hey, first name, like that's how it feels. Even if it says your name, you know, it's just copy and paste and it goes to hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people. That's the feeling we give employees with our employee experience programs today. Yeah. And it's really thinking out of the box and what is defining and different in that. Like we were wowed as consumers when Amazon said, here's something you might like because you looked at something else. There was something behind it. There was substance. Yeah. It's a game changer in how we think about, up to your point, collecting the data, building an experience that's tailored to them. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's... Yeah, that's that's amazing. Um, the other story that I like in this um, realm is when the 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 CEO would write a thank you card, and maybe it was on the birthday or whatever the event was. Write a thank you card to somebody. This was her. This was her mission, right? Like she was something that she really believed in, and she would thank them not for their work but for being them. And to me, that felt so how like I was like, oh, that's even better, right? It's like, thanks for being you, right? Thank you. You are obviously you bring a lot of value and da, 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 da. But like to me, it's like the ultimate of that. It's like I see you and acknowledge not the work that you're doing with your hands, right? <laughs> or your brain. It's you. And to me, I was like, that just to be able to be seen like that 
such a good feeling, such an amazing opportunity to, and again, like none of these are expensive, by the way. You know, it's, you bring that up. And um, I was having a conversation recently. We're not a huge company. I work at 150 employees and we have ERG groups. And when I tell people that they're like, oh, that's ERG groups for a pretty small company. Like yeah. employee resource groups. Yeah. And, you know, I was like, oh man, like we were on a, we call them the voices um, experience where we have people from, you know, for example, AAPI month was there. We had employees join and talk about their experience. We had, you know, uh, pride month and made people talk about their experiences. One sitting on the other side, the level of education and understanding and empathy of people's experiences was one thing, but the experiences those people had to be able to tell their story and be a thousand percent themselves. It's just kind of a term we have at work tango being a thousand percent you exactly what you said. Like I'm, I'm here, I'm heard. I can feel like I belong. You remove all the other components of psychological safety of just being at work yeah. and doing what I think I need to do to succeed. It, it is a game changer. And we forget about the mindset of the individual um, and how important that is to be fully engaged or to have a great experience at the workplace. Yeah. I mean, that's so powerful. I think ERGs are, or any kind of group um, are a powerful tool for building and strengthening relationships. As a matter of fact, um, this ritual, right? An ERG can be a ritual is an incredibly powerful tool that I think more and more organizations need to lean into because the, the value that it provides is so immense. You get to every other people get to learn, you get to engage and have empathy for other people outside of their work. You get to um, learn about them, about where they come from. They get to be heard. They get to be themselves. You can build trust, which is like the core to having an incredible culture. It's such an, a powerful opportunity. And you know what? The reason why it's not that these things have changed, but the reason why we need to lean into this is because it's a great, um, a great tool or a great kind of platform construct to build these relationships while we're distributed, because we are losing those connectivity, that connective tissue, if you haven't invested in those rituals. So I love that story, and I just, I just believe so deeply in that. And you know what? ERGs, great. We can do that. There's also other groups too, right? There's just other ways to get people together and feel connected in, in common with common causes, with common interests. In in the in the spirit of employee experience, whether those are ERGs or committees, like creating committees of, of things you want to see more of, the biggest value I see is everyone that I that today leads an ERG at Rectango they're not a leader in their organization. They don't have direct reports. They don't have a team, but now they're creating an experience where they are leading something. They're having the experience of leading teams and driving you know, um, agendas that may or may not align to everyone else. But just that experience is now we're nurturing future leaders in the organization with an experience they wouldn't get otherwise, right? So people are going through this development experience that's still purposeful to them, to our organization and all the things you said, the people and the connections, especially at the time we're so dispersed and, and, and remote. Um, so I, I love them for, for you know, reasons that we just talked about and even beyond. Yeah. I really think we are due for a major, uh, I dare use the term paradigm shift um, in the way that uh, people 
um, are productive at work. And it's not, we are, like, I, I don't know about you, but it kind of feels like we're at the, the, the far end of, okay, do more with less. It's like, I'm, I'm it. That's it. I'm dialed up, right? I'm burnt out. I'm doing all that stuff. We need to be able to flip this in a way that creates an order of magnitude more engagement, not by force or by time or by sheer will, but uh, just another way of working. And I feel like what we've talked about today is a starting point for that, establishing a purpose, making it the reality. Um, and defining some moments that you can actually connect and appreciate. And when you do that, when you're defining, you create these defining moments, you're refueling your employees. You're, you're recharging them and it, and, it, and it brings them closer to you and they're going to stay longer. They're going to be more productive and they're also going to be more grateful and better, right? Like improving, improving work lives, you're doing it. So I just, I think this is such a great, such a great idea. And uh, thank you for defining it for us. I think that's, that's been really, really compelling. I, I'm hoping AI just solves it all, but um, I, <laughs> we're not too close to that yet. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I don't know. Maybe AI can identify some moments that we can dig into, but we're going to need the humans to be the, to be you, right? Be the, be the you, right? So that's good. Um, Rob Catalano, uh, Chief Engagement Officer at WorkTango. You can learn more about um, WorkTango at worktango.com. Calm, amazing to connect with you. Thank you for bringing so much uh, reality at the beginning and joy at the end. This was incredible. Thanks for being here. And you know what, Rob? I appreciate you being you. Thank you. I, uh, it's a pleasure. Always good to connect with you, Josh. <laughs> Thanks, Rob. Take care. Thanks for listening to Great Mondays Radio. Hey, if you want to be a guest, head over to greatmondays.com slash radio. We'd love to hear from you. And if you think this episode was interesting and your friends and fans would enjoy it, please share on social media. And if you want to get more people to understand the power of company culture in business today, please rate and review Great Mondays Radio on your podcasts app or podcast feed. It really helps us reach more people. If you want to make sure to hear more candid conversations with culture leaders, subscribe to Great Mondays Radio. And I'd love to connect with you. Find me on LinkedIn at aka Josh Levine, on YouTube at Great Mondays, and you can always email me, josh at greatmondays.com. Find out more about our work with hypergrowth technology and social enterprise organizations, or grab a copy of our book at greatmondays.com. I'm Josh Levine. Thanks for listening to Great Mondays Radio. Peace.